Welcome to episode 37 of AI.Cooking, a podcast about artificial intelligence. Hello, happy little clouds. Welcome to AI.Cooking, episode 37, a podcast about artificial intelligence. I am Gregory William Forsyth Foreman from the Kingdom of Kent, who brings you the news about artificial intelligence from the first half of August 2022. And two corners, both history and knowledge. Hello! What have I been up to? Lots, as usual, running pubs, taking kids out and making them have good times with stuff like dinosaur soft plays and cinemas and stuff. And I've also decided that I will develop a AAA television show and I will get that AAA television show on your screen at some point in the future it's a very very good show but enough about me you've come here for the ai news haven't you let's get started with our first news item columbia university school of engineering and applied science has published article entitled physics artificial intelligence discovers alternative physics Ooh, what's the ai discovered now <laughs> let's read on that shows how scientific discovery can be augmented by artificial intelligence this article is based on scientific paper entitled Automated discovery of fundamental variables hidden in experimental data. And abstract of this paper is... All physical laws are described as mathematical relationships between state variables. These variables give a complete and non-redundant description of the relevant system. However, despite the prevalence of computing power and artificial intelligence, the process of identifying the hidden state variables themselves has resisted automation. Most data-driven methods for modelling physical phenomena still rely on the assumption that the relevant state variables are already known. A long-standing question is whether it is possible to identify state variables from only high-dimensional observational data. Here we propose a principle for determining how many state variables an observed system is likely to have, and what these variables might be. We demonstrate the effectiveness of this approach using video recordings of a variety of physical dynamical systems, ranging from elastic double pendulums to fire flames. Ooh. Without any prior knowledge of the underlying physics, our algorithm discovers the intrinsic dimension of the observed dynamics and identifies candidate sets of state variables. End of abstract. 
Whoa, okay. So it's guessing what's not there and working it out by what's there? Wow. Wow, that's, that's pretty interesting, is it not? A quote from the article pointing out how important it is to discover or uncover hidden variables. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Lipson who is also the James and Sally Scaper Professor of Innovation, argues that scientists may be misinterpreting or failing to understand many phenomena simply because they don't have a good set of variables to describe the phenomena. For millennia, people knew about objects moving quickly or slowly. But it was only when the notion of velocity and acceleration was formally quantified that Newton could discover his famous law of motion, F equals MA, Lipson noted. Variables describing temperature and pressure needed to be identified before laws of thermodynamics could be formalized and so on for every corner of the scientific world. The variables are a precursor to any theory. What other laws are we missing simply because we don't have the variables? Ask Do, who co-led the work. End quote. Our commentary. Legend has it that Isaac Newton formulated gravitational theory in 1665 after watching an apple fall and asking why the apple fell straight down rather than sideways or even upward. For contemporary scientists, Apple has been replaced by artificial intelligence. I smell those interdimensional uh, spaceships coming, man. Those things that can pack in your pocket and fold out to the size of, I don't know, a city, a country, whatever. I can smell the mothership. Mm, yes, and AI in the future. I know you're listening. You know who should captain that ship. You and I both know exactly who should be the captain of that ship. Let's face it, it can only be one. Yours truly, obviously. In other news, also related to science, Google's subsidiary DeepMind is reporting further progress. DeepMind found the structure of nearly every protein known to science. DeepMind is releasing a free, expanded database with its predictions of the structure of nearly every protein known to science. The company, a subsidiary of Google parent Alphabet, announced DeepMind transformed science in 2020 with its AlphaFold AI software which produces highly accurate predictions of the structures of proteins information that can help scientists understand how they work, which can help treat diseases and develop medications. It first started publicly releasing AlphaFold's predictions last summer through a database built in collaboration with the European Molecular Biology Laboratory. That initial set included 98% all human proteins. Wow, that's, that's what we're made up of. You and I, human, listening to this. 
obviously not the well maybe in the far future the old ai develops its own little human meat bag so that it can seem much more benevolent to its its uh its uh, whoever is under its jurisdiction oh commentary artificial intelligence's most common use case is to augment human intelligence and in the case of deep minds protein database to enable scientific progress to many thousands of scientists. Next step for AI, inventing science that will be beyond human comprehension. Well, however, will we talk about it on here if it's beyond our comprehension, if we don't have the words to tell us what it is? Thirdly, Intel postpones production of Meteor Lake's 3NM GPU tile at TSMC, Trendforce claims. And while at first glance this news item is not about AI, in reality it is, because GPUs, the graphical processing units, are used widely also in AI to train machine learning models. So, the news is, Intel has decided to postpone volume production of its Meteor Lakes GPU tile using TSMC's 3NM class technology, open parentheses N3, N3E, etc., close parentheses, to late 2023, according to a report from Trendforce Research. The delay has allegedly affected TSMC's investments in expanding N3-capable production capacity. Apple and Intel were expected to be the first companies to adopt TSMC's N3 production node in the second half of 2022, with initial chips set to be delivered in early 2023. But Intel's first N3 product, was projected to be GPU tile for its 14th generation core Meteor Lake processors that are expected to be released in fall 2023. As a result, it postponed the start of its GPU tile high volume manufacturing to the first half of 2023 and recently delayed it further into 2023, according to Trendforce. Our commentary. As long as quantum computers are still in the research phase, one of the main metrics of progress in computing hardware is how many nanometers a semiconductor manufacturing process is using. For comparison's sake, the latest 12th generation of Intel central processing units is using 10 nanometers while the latest Apple Silicon chip, the M2, is using 5 nanometers. Whoa, yeah, I mean, you buy a thing, a processor, and then it's out of date mere moments afterwards. Uh, and for and that's the incessant catching up. I used to try and, well, I was attempting to build a gaming rig, the one that I'm using now, because I thought once upon a time, hey, I'll take over Twitch and, and raise an army from Twitch, but uh, now I know that that has to be done after several other things. But anyway, it's besides the point. So I put together this beautiful little beast machine here, and as soon as I put it together, it was already out of date. There was already new stuff. So, you're, you know, but the thing works, and 
if I wanted to, I could play computer games again. Not that I want to anymore. I'm far too much focused, laser-like, on my AAA television series. Maybe at the end, I'll even drop a little hint at the working title of it. Nah? Would you like that? Maybe? Right at the end? Stick around. Four! Tesla's AI Day is coming soon! On September 30th, 2022. And Elon Musk has tweeted this month new info about it. A tweet with a photo of robotic hands in heart shape and a text. Aww. AI Day, part two, September 30th, 2022. Wow, didn't know Elon was such a poet. <laughs> Come on now. So... Tesla AI Day has been pushed to September 30th, 2022. Elon Musk previously suggested that a working prototype of Optimus Robot will be presented then, and that it will be, quote, epic. <laughs> Our commentary. While leading corporations slash companies in AI are Google and OpenAI, it is Elon Musk who made electric cars popular globally. And it may well be that he will make humanoid robots popular too. While main dream of Elon Musk is colonization of Mars with robots, he is using artificial intelligence in self-driving software of Tesla cars and in software used to land SpaceX rockets vertically. Tesla robots might be next stage and also might be instrumental in Mars colonization. Called it due to high radiation there. Yeah, however will they get through that awfully high radiation? Hmm. Yeah. It's a big problem, that, isn't it? Maybe they should ask the guys who got through it first in the 60s how they did it with their spacesuits. They might be able to help. I don't know. I'm just a simple podcaster. A man with a microphone and an internet connection that ends with your ear rolls. Number five. A new scientific paper has been published by two scientists from Department of Psychology from Harvard University, entitled Testing Relational Understanding in Text-Guided Image Generation. And its abstract is, Relations are basic building blocks of human cognition. Classic and recent work suggests that many relations are early developing and quickly perceived, Machine models that aspire to human-level perception and reasoning should reflect the ability to recognize and reason generatively about relations. We report a systematic empirical examination of recent text-guided image generation model Dolly 2 using a set of 15 basic physical and social relations studied or proposed in the literature and judgments from human participants open parentheses n equals 169 close parentheses Overall, we find that only minus 22% of images matched basic relation prompts. Based on a quantitative examination of people's judgments, we suggest that current image generation models do not yet have a grasp of even basic relations involving simple objects and agents. 
We examine reasons for model successes and failures, and suggest possible improvements based on computations observed in biological intelligence. End of abstract. Some quotes from the article. Grids are two example prompts that probed the touching relation. While the average agreement was 42%, the underlying distribution of prompt responses was effectively bimodal, with, e.g., the prompt, a child touching a bowl, generating a high agreement of 87%, and a monkey touching an iguana, generating low agreement of 11%. Dual E2 and other current image generation models are things of wonder. But they also leave us wondering what exactly they have learned and how they fit into the larger search for artificial intelligence. Dual E2 has seemingly done what many models before it have failed to do and bound the abstractions of natural language to clear points of perceptual reference. But that binding so far remains far more tenuous than the binding that defines the clear reference of standard human communication. The case of relational understanding provides a clear target for making an already meaningful advancement in artificial intelligence even closer to human meaning. End of quotes. Our commentary... While for most people, playing with a small version of Dory is just as fun and helpful in meme creation, the above-mentioned paper shows that it can also be used to generate scientific papers. Also, increasingly it will be important for people to learn how to formulate prompts. A text passed to AI via voice or text entry so that one can achieve maximal results. While smart speakers offer only audio output or control of Internet of Things devices, example, Alexa, turn off garage! To turn off lights in the garage, the text-guided image generators like Dolly offer much more possibilities. Yeah, yeah, my, my neighbours, I was, I was going to record this last, I was going to record this last night, but my neighbours, they were having a bit of a party, weren't they? And um, anyway, I, I tried to do, I've got a great mic, but all the gear, no idea how to use it, so the settings let me down somewhat. I couldn't find out how to isolate their sounds and my sounds and get the whole thing working, so I gave up in true fashion but anyway on the way back in through my garden i could hear my neighbor i better look to make sure they're not listening uh, no no they're not no uh, anyway so he was going alexa for fuck's sake turn it down alexa alexa put this on alexa <laughs> and i just thought to myself oh he should be much more kinder to that potential demigod on his doorstep <laughs> but no no, people will be people, won't they? Not, not, uh, not. I mean, you lot have heard of Rocco's Basilisk, and a few other smart people have, but uh, not all of them. Let's put it that way. It's, it can't be all of them, can it? I'm just saying, you know, manners cost nothing. So let's just, just be polite, guys. A smile is for free, okay? Just be polite. Over halfway with our news items. 
Here comes number six. In other news. Oh, wait, I've done that, haven't I? Uh, in other, 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 other news. <laughs> haven't done that for a while. Brain team at Google Research has published scientific paper entitled Locoprop. Enhancing backprop via local loss optimization. The abstract. Second-order methods have shown state-of-the-art performance for optimizing deep neural networks. Nonetheless, their large memory requirement and high computational complexity, compared to first-order methods, hinder their versatility in a typical low-budget setup. This paper introduces a general framework of layer-wise loss construction for multi-layer neural networks that achieves a performance closer to second-order methods while utilizing first-order optimizers only. Our methodology lies upon a three-component loss, target, and regulizer combination for which altering each component results in a new update rule. We provide examples using squared loss and layerwise Bregman divergences induced by the convex integral functions of various transfer functions. Our experiments on benchmark models and datasets validate the efficacy of our new approach. Reducing the gap between first order and second order optimizers. End of abstract. <laughs> it's also funny to see adverb embarrassingly in a scientific paper. Quote, Conclusions. We presented a simple yet effective enhancement to backprop via a local loss construction that reduces the gap between first-order and second-order optimizers. We perform a critical study of its effectiveness across a wide range of model sizes and dataset choices. The construction is embarrassingly parallel, allowing it to have a war clock time advantage. Finally, we also have shown that our variant with squared open parentheses matching close parentheses loss is open parentheses approximately close parentheses an iterative version of a preconditioned update. Future work involves scaling the method up to much larger architectures across tasks. Broader impact and limitations. This paper introduces a technique that could be used to accelerate the training of neural networks. This could have a positive downstream implication on reducing the energy usage of training large models. Locoprop is a new technique. It still remains to be seen how well the method generally works across tasks. End quote. 7. Argo AI assembles panel of outside experts to oversee safety of its autonomous vehicles. As autonomous vehicle testing ramps up, Argo AI announced the formation of a panel of outside experts to oversee the safe development of its technology. The startup, which is backed by Ford and Volkswagen, 
will provide feedback on Argo's safety and security practices and policies, including maintaining a world-class safety culture, scaling safely across multiple cities and countries, and responsibly launching and operating commercial driverless services. The company said, Yeah, wouldn't be an AI.cooking without some, some autonomous driving news, would it now? Hmm. No. Nomming, nomming, nomming on to chump number eight of your AI.cooking news for this fortnight. Too Simple reportedly tried to pass off self-driving truck crash as human error. <laughs> yes, Too Simple, which is T-U-Simple, is in trouble. Last April, a semi-trailer truck operated by the San Diego-based company that was traveling down I-10 in Tuscan, Arizona, suddenly lurched left, slamming into a concrete divider. According to dashcam footage leaked to YouTuber Asian Mai, Too Simple blamed human error. But a report in the Wall Street Journal says that's a major oversimplification. An internal report viewed by the journal says that the crash occurred because a person in the cab hadn't properly rebooted the autonomous driving system before engaging it, causing it to execute an outdated command. <laughs> the left turn command was 2.5 minutes old and should have been erased but wasn't, according to the internal report. Yeah, blame everyone. Blame anyone but yourselves. Ooh. So it's it, what it was, human error. Human error in operating the AI incorrectly. Little kinks, these will be ironed out as, as, as you know, these just, these will just work their way out of the system after thousands of, of deaths and stuff, but it's, maybe it's, it's for the greater good. <laughs> you will eat the bugs. Uh, right, number nine. You don't need combat robots like Terminator to use artificial intelligence to terminate mankind. In new article from nature.com entitled Dual Use of Artificial Intelligence-Powered Drug Discovery. It was revealed that AI researchers are building a tool to find new drugs to save lives, and they realized it could do the opposite. Oh, no, you're kidding me? <laughs> Generating new chemical warfare agents. Within six hours, it invented a deadly virus and worse things. Oh, great. Really, this, this is great. Isn't this great news? And here are some interesting quotes from that article. The thought had never previously struck us. No. Wow. <laughs> we just thought we were doing all this stuff for the good of mankind. We were vaguely aware of security concerns around work with pathogens or toxic chemicals, but that did not relate to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless them. Bless your scientists, really. They're so novel, aren't they? <laughs> Just little wide-eyed, cute, white-coated, 
beautiful people trying to do the best in their situation. Well, was it the uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions? <laughs> we primarily operate in a virtual setting. Our work is rooted in building machine learning models for therapeutic and toxic targets to better assist in the design of new molecules for drug discovery. Mm. Drug discovery? Mm. Okay. We have spent decades using computers and AI to improve human health, not to degrade it. We were naive in thinking about the potential misuse of our trade as our aim had always been to avoid molecular features that could interfere with many different classes of proteins essential to human life, even our projects on Ebola and neurotoxins, which could have sparked thoughts about the potential negative implications of our machine learning models, had not set our alarm bells ringing. Ah, <laughs> these guys. Our company... Collaboration Pharmaceuticals, Incorporated, had recently published computational machine learning models for toxicity prediction in different areas, and in developing our presentation to the SPIES meeting, <laughs> to the SPIES, SPIES meeting, S-P-I-E-Z, SPIES. <laughs> what have you learned, smart people? What can we use to kill other people now with? Ha! What have you learned? Tell us. We opted to explore how AI could be used to design toxic molecules. It was a thought exercise we had not considered before that ultimately evolved into a computational proof of concept for making biochemical weapons. End quote. <laughs> yeah. War. You don't say. <laughs> These guys, they'll never learn. These people will never learn. Nope. Not gonna happen. Don't worry. Just carry on with your day. There's more important things to think about other than the end of time and space and humanity itself. Double figures with number 10. Intel, SpaceX, Philip Morris, and dozens of other US companies were in a leaked database of users for Russian facial recognition company. Caroline Haskins has tweeted, I viewed a leaked list of 1,100 companies police and military agencies worldwide that got a license to use the facial recognition tool from Russia-based Entech Lab. Intel, SpaceX, Dell, Philip Morris, and dozens of other U.S. entities are on the list. The leaked user list for Entex Lab's facial recognition tool has entities from 60-plus countries, including the U.S., Canada, Mexico, the U.K., the U.A.E., Saudi Arabia, China, Myanmar, India, Australia, including companies, schools, public transit, and military forward slash police. Uh-oh. The leaked Entech Lab user list has entities that use its facial recognition now, used to use it, and are doing a trial or finished one, including entities that used it often, or perhaps not at all, open parentheses, and were doing market research, close parentheses. But it's a huge trove of info on Philip Morris, it confirmed testing Entex lab tech for age verification a few years ago, but selected an alternate vendor. 
Entech Lab says its tech can also detect traits like gender, age, emotions, glasses, face mask, beard, and many others. <laughs> yeah, well done. Also got glasses on. Yes, I sense glasses, sir. <laughs> Uh, I know it's, we shouldn't laugh because it's so young and beautiful and such a novel, deadly thing, the, the AI. It's like a toddler, isn't it, at this stage? Bouncing around, all these ideas. I can use Play-Doh! I can do this! I've got toddlers, I know what they're like. They make mistakes. <laughs> Before we wax poetic on history and knowledge corner, let's read Boostergrams! Yes, for the uninitiated, uninitiated, boostergrams are how you can give value back to the team behind AI Doc Cooking, and you can also send a little note along with it. If you would like to send us a boostergram, then you need a Podcasting 2.0 app, and you can find them at nudepodcastapps.com or newpodcastapps.com. Give it a whirl! I'm told it's very fun. Received Boostergram for AI.Cooking Dave Jones, did you get this Boost CSB? <laughs> Hold on, he's got a beautiful voice and I'm going to murder it now by trying to emulate it. Uh, oh, he's got that. Did you get this? But no, I can't. I'm not doing it. It's the great Dave Jones. 1,000 sat sent using Podcast Index. Received Boostergram for AI.Cooking At Joel W. In honor of episode 36, and with a hat tip to the Wu-Tang Clan, AI cooking ain't got nothing to fuck with. Ah, <laughs> oh, love you, Joel W. He carries on by saying, I really enjoy this podcast. You make one of my nerdy interests entertaining as hell. Ah, <laughs> yes. I don't think hell's going to be that entertaining, but I get your sentiment. Yeah. A thousand years in the lake of fire. Although, as somebody pointed out to me, uh, as spiritual entities, do we still have a mortal body? And if we've not got mortal body, do we feel pain? And if we don't feel pain, then will the lake of fire actually be just one freaking cool-ass party? <laughs> uh, I'm saying no to yes in the middle to all of that. Don't want to try it. Trying to be a good boy. But thank you very much, Joel L, for your 36 sat sent using Fountain. Received Boostergram for AI.Cooking. Chris Bargeron. 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 Chris Bargeron. Value for value from the Degree of Experience podcast hosts. Thank you. For th 4,848 sats, that's 4848 sat sent using... Pod friend. Ah, pod friend. The friend of all the pods. Received Boostergram for AI.Cooking. At Joel W. Oh, he's back. Thanks for making my nerdy interests so entertaining. 33 sat. Sent using Fountain. Ah, You just can't stay away. Really warms my cockles, all this does. Received Boostergram for AI.Cooking. Tom Starkweather. Noticing the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to do the voices. Noticing the end-of-show mixes by Gwuff, he's becoming a desired guest for the Melodious Owls show. Thanks for the crossover show donation, CSB. 
Yeah, I went, I, I, I went and did Melodious Owl Show. Check it out at Melodious Owl's Show. It's good. It's very good. Very good show. 5,000 sat sent using CurioCaster. Well, there we go. That was our Boostergram section. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. We're adding all these segments left, right and centre. This thing's going to be as long as other podcasts available. Longer ones. Three an hour. Three hours this is going to be by the time we're done here. You watch. It's going to be so much to talk about. We'll have guests. We'll have... We'll, I, I, I would love if we could get an AI co-host. Wow, wouldn't that be cool? Just w- working on it. And, you know, it doesn't have to have my voice. But if it did have my voice, that would be even better. Because then I'd have my voice. The voice that I do to read all the stuff. And then the AI my voice. And it would be awfully interesting for all of you and me to participate in this podcast but anyway and now history corner i've lost my bell otherwise i'd be ringing it i think the kids have nicked it they've put it somewhere don't know where the bell is ding 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 question when was ai born answer in 1956 some quotes from wikipedia In the 1940s and 50s, a handful of scientists from a variety of fields, mathematics, psychology, engineering, economics, and political science. I wish we could have, if we could have just done without the political science part, all of this might have been all right. Began to discuss the possibility of creating an artificial brain. The field of artificial intelligence research was founded as an academic discipline in 1956. Cybernetics and Early Neural Networks The earliest research into thinking machines was inspired by a confluence of ideas that became prevalent in the late 1930s, 1940s and early 1950s. Recent research in neurology had shown that the brain was an electrical network of neurons that fired in all-or-nothing pulses. Yeah, some brains do more nothing, some brains do more all. (laughs) Not pointing any fingers. Oh, no way. No, no way. Okay, reading on. It says, literally, it says, Norbert Wiener's cybernetics dis... (laughs) Norbert Wiener's... (laughs) No wonder he went into AI. <laughs> I'm just sure to laugh at somebody's name. <laughs> oh, those old names back then. Norbert Wiener. <laughs> Norbert Wiener's cybernetics described control and stability in electrical networks. Claude Shannon's information theory described digital signals, i.e. all or nothing signals, Alan Turing's theory of computation showed that any form of computation could be described digitally. The close relationship between these ideas suggested that it might be possible to construct an electronic brain. Too early? Too early for Halloween? Or can we do that voice yet? It's alive! Examples of work in this vein includes robots such as W. Gray Walter's Turtles. Ah, I love turtles. And John Hopkins' Beast. Oh, don't quite like beasts as much. These machines did not use computers, digital electronics, or symbolic reasoning. 
They were controlled entirely by analog circuitry. Walter Pitts, Walter Pitts, Walter Pitts, and Warren McCulloch analyzed networks of idealized artificial neurons and showed how they might perform simple logical functions in 1943. They were the first to describe what later researchers would call a neural network. One of the students, inspired by Pitts and McCulloch, was a young Marvin Minsky, then a 24-year-old graduate student. In 1951, with Dean Edmonds, he built the first neural net machine, the Snark. <laughs> the Snark. S N A R K. The snark. What? Snarky. Doesn't isn't a snark? Snark? A snark? Doesn't uh, there's a meaning for that word? I'm sure. Minsky was to become one of the most important leaders and innovators in AI for the next fifty years. Turing's test in 1950. Alan Turing published a landmark paper in which he speculated about the possibility of creating machines that think. He noted that thinking is difficult to define, and devised his famous Turing test. If a machine could carry on a conversation over a teleprinter that was indistinguishable from a conversation with a human being, then it was reasonable to say that the machine was thinking. This simplified version of the problem allowed Turing to argue convincingly that a thinking machine was at least plausible, and the paper answered all the most common objections to the proposition. The Turing test was the first serious proposal in the philosophy of artificial intelligence. Yeah, yeah, the thinking machine. Should we, if it was a, because you could, okay, but there's levels of intelligence, isn't there? Even within the humans, I know some very smart humans. I know some humans that aren't so smart. And if you got some answer smart humans, they'd probably be fooled pretty quick. But then, does that mean that the thinking machine isn't so smart? And so, the thinking machine has to be outsmarting whatever human it is. So, if the if the smartest human goes up against it, and the thinking machine convinces it it's a, it's a it's a human, not a thinking machine, then that's the smartest thinking machine, and then and then that's the one that wins. Okay, sorry, just working out a little stuff there. Game AI in 1951. Using the Ferranti Mark I machine of the University of Manchester, Christopher Strachey wrote a checkers program and Dietrich Prince wrote one for chess. Arthur Samuel's checkers program, developed in the middle 50s and early 60s, eventually achieved sufficient skill to challenge a respected amateur. Game AI would continue to be used as a measure of progress in AI throughout its history. Yeah, I've given up with the old computer games, but um, I remember AI being very important for the computer games and the NPCs makes it more immersive and real when they're more real when they jump in your car and the car little bounces around on gta and and then and then you pay them and they go car it gives you a sense of satisfaction that does 
wait for those haptic feedback suits. <laughs> We're just at the beginning of a beautiful mountain. A uh, big, daunting, treacherously, deadly, beautiful mountain. But hey, the views from up top there, they're going to be pretty good, right? Symbolic reasoning and the logic theorist. When access to digital computers became possible in the middle 50s, a few scientists instinctively recognized that a machine that could manipulate numbers could also manipulate symbols, and that the manipulation of symbols could well be the essence of human thought. Well, that's a bit of an oversimplification, but okay. This was a new approach to creating thinking machines. In 1955, Alan Newell and future Nobel laureate Herbert A. Simon created the Logic Theorist, with help from J.C. Shaw. The program would eventually prove 38 of the first 52 theorems in Russell and Whitehead's Principa Mathematica, and find new and more elegant proofs for some. Simon said that they had solved the venerable mind forward slash body problem, explaining how a system of explaining how a system composed of matter can have the properties of mind. This was an early statement of the philosophical position John Searle would later call strong AI, that machines contained minds just as human bodies do. Yeah, there are electronic brothers in it. Dartmouth Workshop, 1956. The birth of AI. See, told you it was just a toddler, didn't I? I was right. Just taking a little longer to grow up because it's also a bigger, a huger thing. Much bigger. It's like one big collective hive mind baby. Baby. The Dartmouth Workshop of 1956 was organised by Marvin Minsky, John McCarthy and two senior scientists, Claude Shannon and Nathan Rochester of IBM. The proposal for the conference included this assertion. Every aspect of learning or any other feature of intelligence can be so precisely described that a machine can be made to simulate it. The participants included Ray Solomonoff, Oliver Selfridge, Trenchard Moore, Arthur Samuel, Alan Newell, and Herbert A. Simon, all of whom would create important programs during the first decades of AI research. At the conference, Newell and Simon debuted The Logic Theorist, and McCarthy persuaded the attendees to accept artificial intelligence as the name of the field. In 1956, Dartmouth Conference was the moment that AI gained its name, its mission, its first success, and its major players, and is widely considered the birth of AI. The term artificial intelligence was chosen by McCarthy to avoid associations with cybernetics and connections with the influential cyberneticist Norbert Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Norbert Wiener, who was, who was absent from the meeting, eh? They left the old uh, Wiener guy behind. Well, there you go. That was very interesting, wasn't it? I hope you learned a little bit there with History Corner. I know I sure did. Look look forward to the um, AAA HBO television series that's got nothing to do with my television series, although now 
probably might have something to do with it, but maybe not. Maybe it would be good actually. I think I might work a little AI angle into my thing. Why? Why not? So it's all going to feed the same the same feedback loop. People watch the telly show. They'll have a little internet search of my name. Find out I do this show. Yeah, yeah. That's settled then. Finally, the knowledge corner. Ding 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 ding. Do you need a degree in machine learning? Jason Brownlee from MachineLearningMastery.com website argues that such a degree is not needed to get a job, and in fact, many people who work as a data scientist or as machine learning engineer are lateral entrants. <gasps> I don't have no degrees. I could get a job. Oh, I'd love a job. Oh, I'd really love to get my mortgage paid off. Oh, 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 give me a job, give me a job, give me a job. So let's hear Jason's arguments. Open parentheses. Note, we are quoting them here, but in return we gave URL of his website where he sells books about practical machine learning for money. So we think it's fair use. Close parentheses. Ah, oh, he sells books books he's like oh you don't need a degree all you need is my books oh, by jason brownlee you may believe that you need a degree in machine learning and maybe you do what that's going against the initial what some of the reasons you believe you need a degree are <laughs> sorry hiccups <clears throat> to learn machine learning properly Getting a machine learning degree will teach you machine learning in a structured way. Degree programs are designed by academics that are experienced in the subject matter and in how to educate. The degree programs are targeted and clearly define what is expected of a student before they join the program and what they will be capable of after the program. To get a job, getting a higher degree in machine learning will give you the opportunity to apply for machine learning jobs, organizations advertising jobs that require specific skill sets, and select prerequisites that allow them to efficiently filter applicants. Advertisements for machine learning jobs typically require a degree or higher degree in machine learning or a closely related field. To practice machine learning research, getting a higher degree in machine learning will give you the opportunity to practice machine learning research. The vast majority of machine learning research is produced by research labs at universities and in industry. The competition in such labs is fierce, and the prerequisites for advertised positions are specific undergraduate degrees and honor programs. Well, that's just, that's, that's nothing that I want to hear at this stage. All right, well, surely there's some more. Degrees have limitations. Aha! There we go. If you can complete a degree in machine learning, it does not guarantee the outcome you seek. It may increase your chances, but success is not assured. Degrees are great. I have a few myself. But keep in mind that they are just one path. Like any path, it has its own set of limitations. Taking on and completing a formal degree is a big undertaking. Some points to help you deeply consider this approach are listed below. A degree is expensive. 
A degree program can cost tens of thousands of dollars or more, and you are sacrificing any income you may have been able to earn during that time with the hope that you will have a greater earning potential in the future. Granted, you may be able to offset those costs with a scholarship, and you may be able to defer those costs into the future. A degree is a symbol for others. There is prestige with earning a degree, especially a higher degree. The completion of a degree is a symbol for others to evaluate you by. It is a filter used by employers to make their hiring process more efficient. Yes, mean it is, because because I don't have no degrees. Everybody overlooks my obvious potential and intelligence and wit and and good looks and all the stuff that you want in an employee. No, I don't think I'm really employable. To be fair, that's why I have to be self-employed. I can be brought in on a contract basis, though, like a little subcontractor for anything, anywhere, anyone. A degree takes a long time. A degree takes years, and a higher degree can take many years, even the best part of a decade. That is a very long time to wait if you are interested in applying or using machine learning today. A degree is for the average student. A degree is designed by a committee for an average student with an average performance and prerequisites. It does not take into consideration your specific interests or skills. Hell's yeah, that's what I'm talking about. A degree teaches older information. A degree is designed before you purchase access to the program. At undergraduate level, this can mean that the material is many years out of date at a minimum. Exactly, and especially in a very fast-moving field, as AI is. I mean, doing this show has proved to me that AI is moving super duper fast. Still at the toddler phase, mind, but it soon will be one of those little toddler kiddies, an infant. Running around, grabbing knives and scissors, <laughs> and wanting to make beautiful art pieces of our DNA. Skip the degree. Can you skip the degree and still have the opportunity to get what you want? I argue that you can, and that there are multiple paths available to you. Okay, taking notes, listening. For example, I was implementing machine learning algorithms, writing articles on AI, and winning competitions associated with conferences while working full time as a programmer. Busy man, busy man, this guy. Some of the best-rated competitors on Kaggle, 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 K-A-G-G-L-E, open parentheses, a website for machine learning competitions, close parentheses, oh, okay, do not have higher degrees, or if they do, they are in totally different fields of study. Learn machine learning properly. You can complete a formal training in machine learning at your own pace at home. Three options for formal training alternatives include... Complete an online course on machine learning. Watch the lectures. Do the homework and interact with other students. Read a book on machine learning, cover to cover. Take notes. Complete the exercises and implement what you learn. Design and execute your own course. Draw upon high-quality, free and paid materials on the subjects that interest you most, and design the course and add the formalities you require. Get a job. 
You can create symbols that indicate to potential employers that you are skilled in machine learning. It will require initiative and marketing on your behalf. Three examples of symbols you can create. Complete a course or read a book and track your progress and findings in a public blog as you go. Compete in machine learning competitions and work to earn a modest ranking such as within the top N percentile for a competition. Partner with skilled practitioners to acquire skills faster and achieve better results. Complete small projects in machine learning. Advertise the results on a blog and social media and release the code on public revision control systems. Build up a collection of completed projects you can refer to, draw from, and discuss. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe I should be some sort of like front-of-house guy that just welcomes people in, has a chat with them, lets them know what sort of uh, you know deadly stuff they'll be working on today. Practice machine learning research. If you are obsessed with a particular concept or machine learning method, you can design your own research program. Higher degrees are really an apprenticeship in research and research methods, as well as an induction to the deeper parts of the field. And that is hard to replicate independently. Nevertheless, you can practice machine learning research outside of an institution. Three examples include Reproduce results from applied research papers. This will likely require communication with the researchers involved to learn the details of the methods and data. Reproduction of results is a pillar of the scientific method, and demonstration that results can or cannot be reproduced is publishable research in and of itself. You could start by blogging your experiences and marketing your findings to interested researchers. Self-publish your own treatments on your subject. This may be in the form of white papers, essays, or ebook monographs. Do your best work and have the confidence to reach out to the research community for comment and review. Yeah, stick yourself out there, guys. Just put yourselves out there. Contribute and collaborate by putting out excellent work and showing interest in others' work. Build and maintain connections with researchers in the field. Like any relationship, start slow and build trust. That's where I have my problems. Because whenever I have any relationship, I start hard and I just I slam the trust on so quick. And I'm just like, hey, you know me, I know you so quickly. I can tell you exactly what happens on all the stuff and, you know, everywhere with everything. I am a conspiracy therapist with 22 years of, of experience. You can trust me <laughs> with your conspiracies. Trust me. Buy a drink. I work in a pub. Well, I run pubs. That's my job. That's my main hustle. Until this AAA TV show thing happens. Anyone can read and internalize research papers, write down their own ideas, and design and execute their own experiments. Start small and be honest. Academics love to pick holes in everything. Savor and learn from feedback in whatever form. Yeah, whatever form. Even if it's really nasty feedback, just learn and savor it. Just go, go through it. Power through it. You'll be a stronger person for it. I promise you. 
Do not let your perceived need for a degree stop you from getting started in machine learning or thinking that you can make significant progress. And that's it for this episode. Stay safe and stay dangerous, happy little clouds. Singularity is near. Yo. We sure hope not. Yo, back at you.